0: Welcome to Let's Talk Ed and Zahi. We're back after a little bit of a a hiatus where we uh, both took a little bit of a break. And uh, in our our next couple of episodes, we're going to be talking about how colleges and universities can help students uh, from differing backgrounds. And Zahi, one of the, the things that can be really easy for a college or a university to do is say that this is our education, take it or leave it. And the the reality is, education is not necessarily
1: a one size fits all approach. I agree. I totally agree with that statement. Um, we see a lot from marketing that we have something for you, right? It's very routine. You know, come to us. We've got what you want. Uh, the way you want it, the times you want, and in reality, you come in very often. That's not necessarily the case. Um, So uh, although we're trying, and it's really hard to individualize everything to every person because, you know, uh, it it becomes unwieldy. However, our losses are individuals and they accumulate, right? When we talked about losing 37% in the last 13 years in uh, two-year colleges nationally, and we're talking about even more uh, drastic losses amongst the uh, poorer and more ethnically diverse and racially diverse groups, uh, then we are doing something good at the, perhaps at the attracting, but we're doing something not so great when they come to us or both aren't necessarily meeting the people's demands. So it's, it's a problem that we have to take uh, on because more than ever, we have a more educated population and more than ever, we have a need to have a further educated uh, workforce, but we seem to be losing steam uh, in terms of numbers and in terms of success and graduation rates, uh, concurrently with that need to increase. Am I am I seeing it the same way you are? Yeah.
0: You know, when, when we talk about our, our incoming students, um, you know, you, you look at them and they all come from a variety of, of different backgrounds. Um, You know it's it's different genders different races ethnicities religions um you know ages and all of this and you know rich poor all of that stuff and all of that makes a difference ultimately in in how they receive their education because the the reality is because of their backgrounds they may be coming in and and we're going to talk about this even more in our, our next episode is they may be coming in with different levels of, of preparation. Uh, you know, the student that goes to the uh, school district that, that is very affluent may have uh, a different level of education preparation than the student that comes from um, you know, a poorer school district. Uh, the non-traditional student, is going to come in with with different supports than than somebody that comes from a traditional background. So, you know, part of it is is colleges and universities recognizing all of these things and putting in safety nets, so to speak, for, you know, these different students to engage in to help them get through that process.
1: So over the years in administration has been the dilemma that I have in my head of we need to individualize and at the same time we need to be able to find commonalities because we can't physically or budgetarily afford the individualized everything and and in effect, in terms of the education, we know that individuals need particular uh, supports, but we're not, we can't do it. So it's, it's, that's the dichotomy there. Um, but it's, it's a problem. Uh, it's, it's a major problem because, and I'm looking at it from the prism of, of two-year colleges, we don't get enough of the people from those rich districts that are highly prepared it's 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 a sliver of a sliver of our population. We do get some of the people that have struggled in some of those districts, but even those are a smaller percentage. So we are for the most part dealing with the individuals who have been out of school for a long time or the individuals who are coming from schools with desperate types of quality of instruction and preparation to no fault of their own right because we we have it's it's a very by our uh you know socioeconomic and political situation we are locally our schools are locally governed so so you've got the variances uh, we don't have a universal standard across the nation so So then we're dealing with those individuals, and our situation becomes unwieldy because if you've left for 10 years and 15 years or whatever you've left for and coming back, you're not coming back at a somewhat similar level. You're coming up, you're coming back with your level of preparation. And if you finished fresh, it depends on which school you're coming from so so we're juggling too many balls there at the same time we know that our job in higher education is to help promote the success of all so the challenge that i've seen over the years that i've been through over the years and i'm pretty sure you you feel similarly is how can we how how can we make those two ends meet when in reality we're handed a hot potato.
0: Yeah, it's it's tricky because as as you said before, um, you know, budgetary restrictions you know mean that that you can't get really deep into individual things, um, and you know, for budgetary reasons, you may not be able to put in all of the support services that you want to to put in, but you know some of that i think is you know using workshop time and and things like that to you know make sure that your faculty and staff understand what some of these issues look like um you know so they have some perspective so that when they do encounter a student that that fits a particular you know profile that they have some skills to help that particular student. Uh, Is that a complete solution?
1: No. But is it a step in the right direction? Yeah. So so we talked about budgets. So the more we lose students, the more difficult it's going to be for us to ask for, you know, from any state or local legislature. So, so. So if it's going to cost us more to serve the students while we're getting fewer students, then chances are we're going to always be in a deficit of some sort. So how do we get the staff to the level, and ourselves of course, to the level where our students uh, deserve us to be, for us to be, is the challenge. And I'm hoping over the next couple of segments we at least, put propositions out there that are not coming out of the blue we've talked about them many of them time and time again um, is that is that the challenge that you're saying I, I just want to make sure that you know because we come to administration from two different perspectives right in uh, both professional and personal
0: yeah and you know the really challenging thing is. Uh, this is a very big topic that there is not an easy solution for. Um, you know, we're going to talk about some some good practices that that we've seen in person, that we've read about, uh, you know, that other places are doing. Uh, but it takes a commitment, uh, no matter what, to to look at this, and it's something that administrators all over the country uh, need to be looking at. So we are going to talk a little bit about things like how do we meet, you know, people that, that are coming to us from various levels of, of preparation and, and what are things that we can do uh, for student success that, that maybe extend beyond the classroom. So if you enjoy topics like this, be sure and, Uh, subscribe to us right here on YouTube, ring that bell down below. You'll get uh, notified when we post new content like this. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.